0: 710 Los Angeles. KRDC-AM 1110 Pasadena Los Angeles. K256CX 99.1 FM
1: Pasadena
2: Los Angeles.
3: It's the greatest segment in L.A. sports radio
4: history. Radio
2: history. Oh, my God. When the shows come together for magic
5: on the radio.
4: And banana grows stronger. Super cross talk.
5: Are we ready for Sedano and Cap to join Mason in Ireland? Super Crosstalk begins.
1: Super Crosstalk, presented by Coors Light. Coors Light, made to chill.
3: It's time for Super Crosstalk.
5: It is time for Super Crosstalk, and we welcome Scott Kaplan to the show. Cap, are you there? Yo, yo, yo. All right, so Sedano's in San Francisco. He's covering the Western Conference finals for ESPN Radio. Cap is in San Diego. I'm in Manhattan Beach, and Ramona's at her parents' house. So Which we actually where? have no one in – this is like back to the <laughs> pandemic era. Yeah. Hey, we're all here.
0: It's just you guys that aren't there. <laughs> I'm Jorge, coming to you Lindsay, live me. from
3: West Hills, California. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, uh... Now, Mumbo, did you get the dinosaur yeah. uh, dinosaur chicken nuggets today like mom uh, provides? Occasionally oh, no. You right? know
6: what? My dad went to In-N-Out and picked up some double-doubles, and since I'm mm-hmm. doing my gestational diabetes diet, I just, like, picked off the, the bun. Mm-hmm. And I had had a sal- I brought over a salad for myself, so – no nice. dinosaur chicken nuggets, but it was a really good in and out.
5: All right, so I think I—I I, I don't know if Cap and Sedona—if you heard this—the reason I'm at home today is because my son had his wisdom teeth pulled today. Oh, mm. it's And brutal. he's in a lot of pain, and mm. and he's—he's he's basically sleeping it off in the other room. But I'm trying to think of foods that you know he's got to eat like super soft food all through the Soup. weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah it but is. They, today, today, George, and it's just this is only for the first 24 hours. They don't want any hot food. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I can't. What can I give him? I, I, I like applesauce. Yeah, Apple Apple cold mashed potatoes. Good. Yeah, uh, yeah, cold mashed potatoes probably is not going to do eh. it for him. A uh, chocolate ice cream. Can you eat chocolate ice cream for dinner? Why not?
3: Yeah. I feel like that's too cold, though. No, like can it be cold too? Yeah, like, it, they said it could. I, be cold. You know what? Oh,
5: okay. I think I got it. He's I got, got, I got an ice it. pack on him. Slurpee. I'll send, yeah,
1: it's true. Slurpee. I'll send you and a picture of him. Yeah, yeah. let me see.
6: Because I don't think you need to. Um, I don't think you want to do like dairy. Um, anything dairy, I think you want to go like fruit kind of stuff.
2: Well, I was just thinking about, about like, like a Greek smoothie,
3: yogurt. John, like jamba juice. Yeah. You
5: can't suck on anything. So he, oh. you can eat it with a spoon.
7: So like, what's, I what's, mean, what's, what get about a what's, what's, nice little Greek yogurt, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. Some maybe. Chobani. Chobani. Chobot. Chobot. Yes, Chobot. Chobot. yes. Right. With Chobot. Chobot. the blueberries in the bottom. I think when I had my
6: wisdom teeth out, I think I wanted soup all the time.
5: Yeah.
3: I think starting
5: tomorrow, I think that's going to be the bit. Yeah, we're, we're going to soup. get some by the way, can we Cappy,
3: Can you would you pull your wisdom teeth out just for the bit? Can you we do that just to see how it looks? You know, George, I got to see how many wisdom teeth I have
7: remaining. Mm. Does Wait, everybody you you here have, have some? I, I don't know.
1: If I you
2: got them I, pulled, you would know, Cap. You would no, no, totally no. know. I, got I never all. got them pulled. I never got them pulled so.
7: either. OK, yeah. so. I
6: got all four of mine pulled, you guys. And I did the stupidest thing ever. OK. I had this thing in my head that I didn't want to be put under or put out for it. I was like, oh, no, I'm scared. I didn't want to be put under. Just they were like, oh, we'll just numb you up. You won't feel a thing. And I was awake for this like dental surgery and I could hear everything and feel stuff. And I was like, and you're kind of in the middle of it. There's nothing you can do at that point. Like you can't no. say anything. You're like, oh,
2: I don't like this. I woke <laughs> up in the middle of mine. Yeah, I, w- I woke up and started asking weird questions in the middle of mine. I
5: bet. So yeah. I, just, I went out that like, I that same night a when I got picture Of my son to oh. Sedano, Cap and Lindsay, so you can see, see, see what we're dealing with here. My wife took him to the dental surgery, and then left for a four-day tennis tournament in San Diego to put me in charge. Mm. This is not going to go well. No, no, poor guy. Already doesn't no. look yeah. good. Yeah, he looks like he went three rounds with Mike Tyson, and now he's got to deal with me. Yeah. Uh, So uh, we'll see how this goes. Could be a very interesting couple of days. I
7: feel like I had two removed rather than all four removed. I don't really remember why that was, but I feel like I only had half of it done. But that seems stupid, right? Like, yeah, why did you yeah, go back and do the
5: other two. Later. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that hard. doesn't make sense. That does sound like Scott Kaplan to me. Yeah, that's, that's like fair. Something you would do.
7: Yeah, I don't remember why. I mean, it could have been like Doc. How much for all four? Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I'll do two. That's or he right.
2: wants to charge double for two visits. You know? Yeah, only two. I, I, I remember mine were four. mine were all impacted, so they were like still. That's yeah, a, that's what you don't. And want. it was the worst experience of my entire life. Like, I yeah. I couldn't I couldn't take the pain medication because it made me throw up. So I just, I remember watching Bambi and just being like, oh, like I was so miserable. Uh, yeah. So ho- story, hopefully Lins.
3: he's not, he's not that bad. Hey, Sinon,
2: Lins, Cap. <laughs>
3: wait a second. Wait, did Cap just take a shot at Lindsay there? I did. Was it I, good sure story? did. I did. I did.
7: I
2: He's I- mad because I did it
7: yesterday. I, I ordered one. So I, I owed one. So I was just waiting for the right time. It's
2: today. cool story, Cap. Cool story.
7: Oh, cool story. Cool story, Lindsay. Cool story.
3: What happened? Why is <laughs> Cappy all looking for revenge? What happened there, Lins?
2: Uh We were talking about, oh, we were talking about snakes because right. there was a snake thing and uh, radio tinder and cap kept going on and on and on about these snakes and he told like a really weird i'll have to pull it but he, he told told the so very I told
7: a story about being at the zoo oh yeah okay. snakes are behind like really big thick plexiglass yeah and i yeah? hate snakes so much that i will stand there and like bang on the glass give the snakes the finger like you can't get <laughs> me kind of thing you know
2: and i was like cool story cap right. it's a snake draft
6: <laughs> wait, you... <laughs> wait you literally go to the zoo and are like
3: antagonizing he's
6: the animals antagonizing yeah. the animals you're that guy
3: you're surprised yep. by just, this just snakes. oh oh wait, wait 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 what did you just say he's what guy. You called me ramona? that guy the yeah. that guy yeah yeah, that guy. yeah that's yeah. him that he's that guy ramona
7: yes. but i have a problem with people who call people out for being that guy i know i, I like heard your whole bit guy. i heard it i heard it <laughs> it's very meta,
1: it's very meta. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> i was driving home one day and i was like I don't know what they're talking about anymore, but <laughs> hey, uh,
5: God, uh, let uh, me ask you guys something. Sadano okay. Uh, all right. You to hear, did you guys hear what Jimbo Fisher said today about Nick Saban? Oh, yeah. Can't wait yeah. to get into that. Okay. So Nick Saban accused Texas A&M of they have 25 guys in their recruiting class. According to Nick, they gave NIL deals to all 25 of them.
3: and he, call- he said they them. bought them. Yes. Right. Yeah.
5: He, he said you bu- they bought their whole team. Here was Jimbo. I'm trying to think of, has any coach ever, you were talking about earlier, Ramona, Pat Riley and Danny Ainge kind of having a little bit of a but has any coach ever gone after another coach more directly than this? Listen to Jimbo Fisher. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his his deal. (laughs) You may find out about about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it, and it's despicable.
7: John, did mm. you say earlier that that Jimbo Fisher was on a Nick Saban staff? Because yep, I didn't know. Yeah,
5: that unless where, you.
3: Where,
7: oh,
5: okay. Yeah. And they yeah. were together, and, and he and he just basically said, "Ask anybody who's ever coached with him." Well, Jimbo, you coached with him.
3: Well, he he, here's what. Well, I think that's oh, why that's he's right. saying that. Now, let me let me let me just take you back to a long time ago when a young George Sedano. Um, was covering, it was living in Miami, it was covering the Miami Dolphins and covered Nick Saban and his stint in the NFL as a head coach, which was a complete unmitigated disaster outside of the first season. Okay. And, and even then, even when that first season where they, you know, they, they did okay, um, he, I, you could have convinced me that he was the worst human being I had ever encountered in my entire life. And I'm I'm not even exaggerating that.
1: Wait a
3: second, worse than Darren Ravel? No, Darren Ravel's annoying. He's Uh, not the worst human being. That's different. Uh, You could have convinced me. There's no question. You would have said, who's the worst person you've ever encountered in your life? And I would have said Nick Saban at that time of my life. He is, what, he was. I
5: know this is not a short answer, but what would what's the main reason why you think he, that
3: he was just a jerk to everyone, like including like the secretary who had been there like twenty years. Wow. Who, um, who said one day to him, and this was a story that came out in the Miami Herald that one day she just like said, "Oh, really nice haircut, Coach," and like kept it moving. And he used to have a a, a hatchet man they used to call him. Uh, what was, I don't remember what his name was, but then he he worked for the Patriots uh, many years later. Uh, Scott something or other was his name. Pioli? And, no, Pioli's the GM. This is like oh, a guy who worked on a Snap. who this is yeah.
7: at the time? Cappy, hours. let me
3: finish, okay? You you can jump on after, okay? Um, so <laughs> um, anyway. Not Pioli? Yes, not Pioli. Yes, right. that guy. Got so you. anyway, he came up to her like five minutes later. This is the secretary who's worked for the team for 20 years, like the big secretary who works for the coach. Like she worked for Don Shula, Jimmy Johnson, all these people. And he, the guy, Scott the Hatchet Man, came up to her and said, uh, ma'am, I just want to let you know that you should never, uh, c- like, approach Coach Saban like that directly. Like, you don't need to comment to him. He's got stuff to worry about. And, and that God. story came out. Oh, and it was like, God. oh, my God. Nick is, really is the worst human being ever. Like, all the stories you heard, that was wow. the worst of all of them. The secretary. He sent his
7: hatchet wow.
5: man
3: to tell the secretary, don't comment about his haircut. Think about, so, think so about the fact Saban
7: that he's just, kind
5: of, coach. Yeah, just, just kind of a coach. Yeah, Saban kind of stepped in it today then, George, because, you know, he basically invited other schools to come take a shot at him by calling A&M out by name, didn't mm-hmm.
3: he? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question. And here's the thing, and Cappy and I have had this conversation before. And by the way, I would say that Nick Saban, it, I, I'm a big believer that people can change and 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 be a little better human beings because over time I have run into Nick, Nick Saban multiple times over, and he just seems like a more relaxed person. I think age also plays a factor, and winning also played a factor with that. But back then, he was an awful person to deal with. But to your point, yes, b- basically Nick Saban has been crowing about NIL forever, and I, I've been saying this from the beginning. It's because it's it's going to level the playing field in a way – that it, it didn't previously where Alabama and Clemson and all these and certain you know these couple of schools were able to clean house now the f- level uh, the playing field is more level it's why he was complaining about USC he was complaining about Miami and those big market schools that can get kids to come to their schools now again because of NIL because it levels the playing field and now Jimbo Fisher Texas A&M has a ton of alumni from Dallas and Houston and all the mm-hmm. big cities in Texas And he's annoyed that these other schools are going to be able to compete with him. That's what's happening
7: here. Well, I mean, listen, um, when he says that that Jimbo Fisher bought his team, yeah, he did. That that seems actually kind of reasonable and probably right. But, hold on, he's playing by the new rules. So if Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M have figured out that this is the way to do it in this new world that we live in, well, good for those guys. How else do you think Texas A&M becomes the number one recruiting class in the country?
5: Um, all right, so something happened at your alma mater today, Cap, yeah. that, um, that I wonder, it, you guys tell me what you think. So Jordan Addison's the number one wide receiver in the country. He won the Bolitnikov last year playing at Pitt. Uh, Kaplan was a kicker at Pitt years ago and, and played college football. Um, so stories started to leak out three weeks ago that he already had decided to leave Pitt, enter the transfer portal, and come to USC. He denied it. A lot of people around him denied it. He then went on visits to places like Texas. Um, I think he did a, a couple other visits. to I, I think he may have gone to LSU. Today, Cap, he announced, I'm going to USC. Was he going to USC all along? Was this a done deal, or do you trust that, that this was on the up and up and he took visits and then eventually decided yesterday?
7: Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, it, it seemed like a few weeks ago when it was a done deal and things were being reported that it was over. And then – Taking these trips, it seems rather obvious, is like send the dogs in the opposite direction so they don't come looking like we've done anything illegal. And then in the end, he winds up signing with SC. you got to give it to Lincoln Riley because it's not like you're going from uh, a good team that was playing in a pretty solid bowl game, the Peach Bowl, and won the conference. You're not going to a team that's dominant in their conference. You're going to a team because you think the coach and the quarterback and what they're building – is something that can do a lot for you. And by the way, oh, I can make a lot of money. I mean, Ramona, you said it earlier, and I think you're exactly yeah. right. It really comes down to now who is the highest bidder.
5: And USC can win that battle a lot more than lose it. There's more money at USC than almost any school in the country. I mean, not that Texas is hurting for money, yeah. um, and not that Alabama is hurting for money, but the one thing about USC is people that graduate from that school. Go back and, and give money and make donations. And uh, USC is one of the richest private well, universities. But, but in the I'll country. tell
3: you this, uh, Ireland, and yes, I think in the long term it will be beneficial for them. But this year's USC team, they can win nine games because the Pac-12 is down. But I'll tell you this, like their defense stinks. Like I did a bunch of their games last year. They stunk on defense, and I don't see them getting that much better on defense this year.
5: That's a good point. I mean, all their additions pretty much have been offensive: wide receivers, quarterbacks. Um, Lincoln Riley's an offensive coach. You're right; they're going
7: to have to. I hope they win games. You know Fifty-five, funny, fifty-two. Be great. I mean, listen, I, I UCLA no squashed
6: them. But uh, do you guys have a problem with the kid saying, "Oh, I got. Oh, I'm opening it up, but you know, I, I'm not going like denying it initially and then ending up going there? I have no problem with that. Like to me you're going to transfer. It's your college experience. You go where you want to go, man. Like, and yeah. so it, maybe it was influenced by NL, but maybe he just wants to come to LA. Maybe he just wants to play in the play for USC and Lincoln Riley. Like, I, I just, I don't understand why people need to deny this. Or this is even a scandal. Like it is what it is. Like these, these are the rules. Like the industry is going to be regulation unless there's going to be somebody who is there's some, there's going to be some kind of rules. There's there's, there are no rules. Well, I'll I'll give
7: it to you, but I'll say this, Ramona, I'll give it to you from the perspective of I'm a Pitt football alum, and this guy was a really, really great player last year, and gosh, it upsets me that the kid wants to leave, but I completely understand it. You know, when you live in Pittsburgh, and you've never been to L.A., you think of L.A. as being where stars are made, and you're like, I have a chance to go play at SC in the Coliseum for an offense that's going to score 50 points a game, and they're going to give me... Millions of dollars, which I don't know yep. if that's exactly accurate, but that's what's been reported. Yeah, so I mean, like my pit football brotherhood says, "Dude, how could you leave us?" But my my uh, entrepreneurial spirit says, "I get it."
3: Well, and, and look, there's just one less person. I, well, I don't know if uh, Jordan Addison is, uh, and you have shared the same religion, Cappy, but at least, at least, there's one less person. If the, if that indeed was the case, that would uh, not be inducted. You know, take your place in the Jewish Sports Hall of Fame there in Pittsburgh well, that you brought up to us. You
7: know, George, listen, I, I don't need Jordan Addison. You know, <laughs> one upping me in the Western Pennsylvania Jewish Sports Hall of Fame, which has been moved to a very small. Broom closet in the Jewish Community Center. <laughs> yeah, two thousand one inductee. It's yeah. Kaplan.
5: Cap It's not even all of Pennsylvania. It's just Western Pennsylvania. Just Western Jewish PA, John Ireland. Ireland. Just
7: Western PA. It's a whole different yeah. world than Western PA. And you know, they split wow. the state down the middle. Western's yeah, yeah. a whole different deal, you know.
3: You got Philly and Pittsburgh. too. By to the count. way, when right. when when Kaplan mentioned this to us, we had we Googled it. Like we went and found it, and we found the uh, the. It was him and like five other people were inducted, yeah. and uh, and he had was you legitimately. Have any of inducted. the other five? No.
6: Hey, <laughs> I am a card carrying member of the Southern California Jewish
1: Sports Hall. There you go, Momo. Yeah. You should be packed yeah.
3: The reason we got into that Try. discussion was cuz we were we were talking about Hall of being a Hall yeah. of Famer. We were talking about LeBron. I'm going to be, no, I'm in the city section hall of fame too. That's another one. (laughs) And and cap, Cappy said, well, I can talk to him hall of famer to hall of famer. And I'm like, what do you mean? You're and and he brought up and we looked it up. He was coming, coming up next, George Sedano live
5: from San Francisco and the hall of famer. Hey, (laughs) Hey (laughs) Sedano and cap next. Momo and I back tomorrow. 710 ESPN. Thanks.
7: Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get five dollars off with code Eight Save. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. Yeah, wop, oh, bum, da, da, do, ba, da ba. Yes, George,
3: go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's infectious.
7: For real. It is infectious. I have infected you. Uh, yeah, Ew, I mean, no Thanks. Not dumb. willingly,
3: that's for sure. Yeah, thanks, Lyns. I appreciate that. Yeah, not trying to be effective with
2: anything.
7: Hey, let me tell yeah. you something. Uh, Chris Morales yeah. can say the over under is six times that I'm going to ask yeah. you about this Clay Thompson interview last night. Yeah, I'm going to take that bet because yeah. really, I don't think it takes six times, George. I think we need to talk about it one time, and then yeah. we got to send it out into the universe and be done with yeah. it. Yeah.
3: For but those I, that don't know, it's on my Instagram, uh, George Sedano ESPN, or on Twitter, at Sedano. It, it's up there. What? What? You tweeted this out. Like, hold on. I want to see the tweet. Could, do you know the tweet you sent out? Because no, I saw this me. last night tell when me. I was having It could have been at like
7: 5 in the morning. Who knows what I might have said.
3: Well, it wasn't at 5 in the morning. It oh. was, um, hold on, hold on. Where is it? I mean, you tweet so much, Cappy, that I got to scroll down a little bit here. Am
7: I an over-tweeter? I don't know. You tweet a lot. Do
3: I? There's a lot of tweeting going on. I think I'm more of a
7: retweeter, liker tweeter than I am a content tweeter, I think.
3: I mean, you're definitely a liker uh, tweeter. That's for sure. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Oh, you did it in the community. That's where it was.
1: Okay, what happened? Um,
3: So you're right. You you said, just saw the at Sedano, at Clay Thompson interaction. We will need to discuss this Thursday at ESPN Los Angeles.
7: Correct. We will. We will. Okay. We absolutely must. So go ahead. So first of all, I want to tell you something. Um, people sounded were very about important. It. Yeah, it is important. I think it is. Um, people were talking about it. They were buzzing around about it, and I hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. Now, it turns yeah. out that last night I remember you saying that when you're doing radio for ESPN, that yeah. you'll do the post-game interview that'll go to SportsCenter. Correct. So I watched SportsCenter so that I could see this and how it played out on television. Right. And I got, I got to tell you something.
3: One the television thing, version was only 32 seconds.
7: Okay. How long was the other version
3: the one on my twitter and instagram is two minutes and 10 seconds
7: okay so let me tell you something i don't know why this bugs the hell out of me the way it does but it just Mm. irritates me i hate when people call other people jinxes oh god it just irritates me and i love clay i do i love clay thompson i love clay like he is family to me yeah i look at clay I look at Michael, I see Michael, I see Clay. I'm like, hey, Michael's yeah. my friend, Michael's my colleague. Guess
3: what? Yeah. Clay's his son, that's my yeah. friend. Can we do this? Can we play the, do we have the, the full, we don't have to play the whole thing, but we can just play the first, like, just not the one that ran on SportsCenter. The one that's on my Twitter, if we have that, um, we could play that so you could hear the whole interaction with me and him back and forth, which, by the way, somebody on uh, Twitter uh, said hysterically, you would back at him like he was Cappy.
7: <laughs> well i will tell you this when we hear it i am irritated by the whole notion of
3: jinxes yeah but I, I thought but, that was silly but i but i you have look if you watch the video you can see him like smiling and totally. laughing and pointing he's being clay of like it, it, so i don't even think he was all that serious he's no, just being clay thompson
7: right i mean listen yeah. i suspect he knows who you are Beyond yeah. just George, the guy who's here with the microphone, I suspect he knows that you work at 710 and that you're no, like on the yes, he knows that, right. yes.
3: He knows Michael and I are so our, our friends, yes. Right.
7: So I think that if if he doesn't know you from a can of paint, he's like, oh, man, I don't know. You know, the crowd's great. Place is awesome. You know, place goes right. great. He gives me
3: a standard cliched answer, right. yes.
7: But because but I do self- have a little bit of a relationship right. with him, yes. Exactly. yes. He knows he can yes. bust your chops and it can be
3: fun. Yeah. Right. And he knows that I can go back at him, too, and it's funny. And, by the way, Michael uh, texted me. He said it was very funny. And then, hold on, Michael texted me this, too. Hold on, what did he say? I want to f- make sure I quote him correctly. Um, Michael said, good, I'm glad you went back at him. That's what these players need sometimes. Right, right. I love it. Not just the players, coaches sometimes need it, too, man. Yeah. Um, well, so do we have the audio, Fungi? Because Fungi's in for Laura today. We got it. We got it. All right. Let's see. All right. This. Let me, let, for those that don't know what we're talking about so they can hear it, but you should, you should go to my Twitter or my Instagram at George Sedano, ESPN, Instagram. Um, put it with in the community. George with the J. Oh, I'll put it in the community too. I'll do that too. But it's also on my Twitter at Sedano for people that can't get into the community or don't have Instagram. Um, you can watch it there, but you, you got to watch the video because it's hilarious. Um, go ahead. Play it. Funchy. You guys are seven and zero at here, here at home. What's been the thing here? I mean, we know Oracle was great, man, but this place is rocking right now. What's going on here? This guy's probably trying to jinx us, man. (laughs) I'm not trying to jinx you. I'm telling you the facts, man. What's going on here? You're not in Oracle anymore. You're here now at Chase. How is this crowd translated?
4: I think these fans have been eager for some high-level ball after a couple down years, and they've been bringing it, and I expect them to the rest of the playoffs. But it's been – I mean – the Warriors were here in San Francisco prior to Oakland tenure so these fans love their hoops and it's just good to give them a, a win tonight you started a little
3: slow today Steph started a little slow today defensively though you were locked in you were at the primary defender they were one of seven against you what was your mindset in that situation as you got going later
4: Uh, well I didn't make a field goal and we were up nine points at halftime that's what I felt really good actually because I knew I was going to get some looks at the rim and once that happens for me it opens me up on the perimeter and uh, I never worry about my shooting like you said my defense is where I was playing very well blocking shots guarding guys straight up I've been hearing a lot of chatter that I can't, I'm not the defender I once was, and I'm out here to prove people I still am. Well, clearly that was the case today, but what does that also say about the rest
3: of your teammates being able to carry the offensive load in that situation?
4: I mean, it's incredible what our front office has done to build around Steph, Dre, and I. We have Jordan Poole, who's now in his third year killing, Andrew Wiggins, what a two-way effort he gave tonight, Kevon Looney, Otto Porter, uh, keep going down the line. And it's just impressive. we got a complete team, and strength in numbers are still alive and well. And lastly, Steph had 12 rebounds today, the most of anyone here. Is he going to crow some in the locker room? Is he going to look at
3: Draymond and Kevon
4: and and say, hey, why am I getting all these boards? Well, Kevon and Draymond are boxing out so much that Steph comes in there and steals all the boards. He's really good at that. He's had a lot of triple-doubles, and he's a complete player. People get lost in the sauce when it comes to his shooting, but he can do everything on the basketball court.
7: All right, lost in the sauce, George. I love that line at the end. That was great.
3: He was very he was he was impressed when I told him his defensive numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. If you watch the video, he's like, "Oh wow!" Like he he was surprised. Like, "Wow, they were only one of seven <laughs> against me." <laughs> so like it, it was. I mean, it was just fun. Honestly, I'm gonna be straight up here with everyone. Uh, to your point, obviously, Michael. We're all very close with Michael around here, and we love Clay. And I've had my own interactions with Clay, but I just love that Clay is back on this stage because he's such a fun dude. Like, he's so great. And that interaction just kind of encapsulates what kind of dude he is. So I'm really happy for him. He spent 930-some-odd days away from the game due to multiple injuries. It's a long-ass time, man. Like, that dude deserves a ton of love.
7: Dude, he's one of the most underrated stars in the NBA. He's one of the most likable personalities in the NBA. And to your point, you know, getting these major injuries that knocked him out The reality of the situation is while he was hurt, the Warriors were no good, you know? And and it just kind of goes to show you what he brings to the team. But all of that said, let's get back to to where we started this, George. So this is my second mention. This is my second mention of the jinx. Here goes.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
7: So I just don't know why it bothers me so much. When people call other people jinxes, it just gets under my skin. I, sh- <laughs> I shouldn't even be telling you this on the air because I know my timeline is going to fill up with everybody telling me what a jinx I am. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, I don't know what it is that bothers me so freaking much when one person calls another person a jinx. Like, if, if they lose the next game, Okay. In this building. Oh, are my they, mentions are, are going to be filled right. with
3: Warrior fans. No right. question about it. Yes. What's he going to do? Like next time? Because by the way, the there, were a few, there were some Warrior fans <laughs> that were like, you did jinxes. What if we lose the next game? And I didn't respond to anybody. But yeah, there will be that for sure. Yes. But
7: here's my favorite part. Yeah. And look, I can't help myself. Okay. I've spent 20 years on NFL sidelines. Yeah. And I love it when players give the, the, the interviewer some, some flack. Just yeah. even if it's just goofing around. Yeah, yeah, because the best part of it is then you got to figure out, will the reporter, in this case yourself, will you be able to think on your feet and kind of roll with what's going on or how will you respond? And, George, wait, wait, yeah.
2: can, can, can I can I give you a great example of just that real quick? Sure. OK, here we go.
3: Here with Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs. A lot of emotion, obviously, tonight with DeMar's return. How do you feel he's performed in the first quarter? He's done well. All right. I feel like I've come out ahead here. Do you want to just end it on this one? No, I
4: I was looking forward to a second question.
3: Okay. Well, we can do that. Uh, Derek White has played for the first time in a while. How how closely do you monitor his minutes? Uh, Pretty closely. Thank you, Pop. Appreciate it. It's been fun. Yeah, no doubt. Same here. Good luck. Back to you guys. See, I love this. (laughs) I love this stuff.
7: That's
2: I my love. favorite thing ever. We see here's the there's thing. There's actually
3: now. a better one. If you go on my Instagram, way down like my my Instagram, there's one with Steve Kerr, where they were playing the Lakers and they were getting trounced in the first quarter. And there's nothing worse than those first quarter interviews. It, like that's the hardest part of any of my jobs at the game when I'm doing these games is the first quarter interview because it's just so hard. Nothing has happened yet. And I asked him about his defense being really bad in like the nicest way possible. And um, I sent it and and he said, I don't know, what do you think? What do you think we should do? And I was like, me, you're the one that's getting paid to do this. Not me. Um, so I love this stuff, man.
7: I love it because I've, I've been in your shoes so many times where I've said something to a coach that I thought just seemed very reasonable. And the coach barks at me on live television. And now I'm standing there like, what do I do? What do I say? Do I just accept the fact that he just smacked me around on live TV or I get no! back in his face, man? And that's what I do. It. That it's yeah. it, Listen, I'm telling you right now, George, the radio guy can think on his feet, can tap dance. It's that television person that doesn't have that, that think on their feet mentality that can't come back that quickly. So I love the whole thing. Him calling you a jinx, I hated, but I thought it was cute and funny. And your response of, hey, man, you tell me, dude, you guys are seven of those places going nuts. Like you were bringing to me, the viewer, the fact that there was this vibe and this energy in the building. And so I could feel that through you. So two times, Chris Morales, two times. I'm done with the jinx interview,
3: but I had to get it off my chest. Great work, everybody. Yeah. By the way, Lindsay texted me that she had never heard, like, I, I don't know how you stumbled upon it. Well, uh, I, I, I went
2: to your Twitter page to get the the other one, the Clay Thompson interview, and I pulled it up and I saw it because, like, I guess I've never, like, clicked on your Twitter page before. That's the first time I saw that. I was like, that is the best thing ever. That is, that's my favorite interview ever. Yeah,
3: it's why on my Twitter bio, I, the last line is, I once got popped a smile during a sideline interview.
7: <laughs> it's so funny. Hey, listen, that is a rarity, so so be proud of that.
3: Yeah. Uh, but the Steve Kerr one is better. I said it to you. We could play that later. But um, yeah, like, look, man, I, I just think that uh, I don't believe in jinxes either. And it's weird because I grew up in a uh, like, I, you know, I was I was having this conversation with a friend of mine about it <laughs> earlier today because I grew up in a culture and I, I don't know if it's, you know, all Latinos, but like the, a lot of Latinos believe in, in let's just call it existential stuff, right? Voodoo or whatever or jinxes and things like that. I've never really bought into that stuff. It's just not my thing. Um, I maybe I'm a little too much of a pragmatist for it, but it, it's it's just the way I've always just kind of been raised. I I thought it was funny because again, if you just watch the video, you'll 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 laugh at Clay's reaction. He starts pointing at me yeah, really. on camera. Somebody reached hilarious. their hand over
7: your head and high-fived him. They like like literally went right over your yeah. head to high-five yeah. him.
3: Yeah, another really tall person. Yes, I'm I I'm a I'm a short person, and uh, and they're they're all really tall. So yes.
7: Well, um, listen, I anyway. loved it. I thought it was great.
3: Okay, well, I'm glad you liked it, Cappy. Well, thank you. Because that's what I do now. I go on these sideline hits or these interview hits, and I think to myself, "What would Cappy like?" <laughs>
7: well, you know what? what? You Cappy should do that. You should do that because let me tell you something, George. If you sucked, I'm going to tell you that you sucked. Just so you know.
3: Okay, fair enough. Okay, so um, think about that. Hey, coming up next. Our motto, what was our motto this, these next two weeks? It was bleep Boston. And so far, so good. We'll get into some of that on the other side. And I had a conversation with Steph today that reminded me kind of about how the Lakers should view these you know, this next season or so. Um, let's kind of tackle some of that on the other side as well. Stick around. We're back in two minutes.
7: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yes, Ooh, I right. love this song. Love this song. Emotion.
3: <laughs> I like when you can turn
7: one word into like a 30-second word, you know?
3: Emotion. Why do you shoun? Why would you shoun there? He doesn't shoun.
7: I don't know. I kind of feel like there's a shouting.
3: No. There's,
2: I don't think there's any it. shouting. No. Yeah. Well, we of no. course,
7: we know you don't think so. We know this. Cap, well, I wait, just think not... that
2: you, you exaggerate. Every time you do this, you do Bob Dylan. Yeah. It's not really Bob
7: Dylan. I don't think it's Bob Dylan. It's okay. Bob Dylan-esque. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I know you guys think that, but I think of it more as Eddie Vedder-esque, but that's me.
3: I mean, it could be either. You're but right. The point is, right. is Stephen Tyler sings this song, not any of those guys.
7: You want to know something, though? <laughs> I think Aerosmith is one of those bands that has had such longevity, and they've been so good and so big for so long, and I feel like they're not really respected enough as being like one of the all-time greatest of great American rock bands.
2: Who, Who doesn't respect Aerosmith? They have You're their saying, own roller coaster at Disneyland. Right. In oh, Disney really? World. Really? Yeah. Yes.
3: Really? In Disney World?
2: Or yeah. Disney, I just went it. on it. I just really. went on
7: the one in Disney World.
3: The Aerosmith roller coaster? I didn't yeah. do yeah. that. Yeah. Like, That's cool. Who, you you are totally strawmanning that argument. Nobody disrespects Aerosmith. Nobody. I'm not saying
7: disrespect. I'm saying that I, I really think that Aerosmith is truly one of the all-time great American bands. Uh-huh. And, 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 when and you, you said they about, don't get respect. Well, I just feel like they're not. Like, do you think of Aerosmith in the same class as Rolling as the Rolling Stones?
3: I I actually like Aerosmith more than the Rolling Stones. No, no,
7: Stones. but that's not it. Not it's not about your preference. It's about do you think that internationally? Yes, I think I think, I think of them in that class.
3: Is, I think of Aerosmith as one of the greatest bands, uh, rock bands. Yes, I do think of yeah, them. I think
7: of right. them as being right there. I mean, the Rolling Stones and, and a band like Aerosmith. I mean, I see these guys as having forty, forty-five, yeah. so, fifty so years of excellence. So when you're when tr- you're
3: when you're thinking of who the disrespect is, like who are you holding up there with? Like who is the person that you're holding up there? Who is the Skip Bayless of rock and roll takes that you're holding up to this particular conversation?
7: I have no Skip Bayless of rock and roll takes. I'm giving you. I'm giving By the you way, an opinion if, that is. If
3: you want, if you wanted that, yeah. could, that if there's not one, you should yeah. fill that role.
7: No, you I don't want to. I'm, I'm telling you that I think I think Aerosmith could is be one lucrative. of the all time great American rock and roll bands. and I'm just not sure that mm-hmm. they get the same respect as like. I, and I use the Rolling Stones, not that they're an American rock band. But they I, are. They're I'm British. Talking, America. I mean, listen. Yeah. If we look back at Aerosmith and we tried to figure out like what year was their first big hit, I'll bet you it was probably in the late '60s. Think about yeah. that. It's 50 plus years. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. What a career. Yeah. Dream on. Indeed.
2: Cap, I just sent you guys the picture. Um, you know when you're going the rides. And they like take your picture in the middle of the ride randomly, and it's really yeah. funny yeah. to look at after. I just sent you my picture of me on the Aerosmith roller coasters. Wow! This yeah, I cool. saw it. Your your it's nephew looks terrified. <laughs> he does. He has a really funny face in it. <laughs> your your
3: is that your brother?
2: <laughs> my brother-in-law.
3: Your oh, your brother-in-law looks like he's at he's at peace. He's
7: oh, sleeping. Dude, he's got his eyes closed. He wants nothing yeah. to do with this ride. No, he's
2: at peace. He's totally at peace. <laughs> my nephew. Uh, that's like a meme <laughs> face right there. Yeah, oh,
7: that's so funny. Um, that's cute.
3: So, so anyway, Cappy. Yes. Sir. Um. The motto this these next two weeks are again
7: uh Bleep Boston although you said F Boston the other day which one do you want to use
3: I mean Bleep or F is the same thing basically I know, but Bleep but we'll, has we'll,
7: nice alliteration Bleep and Boston F yeah, Boston we'll,
3: Yeah no, we'll, we'll go Bleep Boston it's easier that way yeah for sure um and you know there's no confusion but the um yeah I mean one down uh you know three more to go to uh, eliminate them from uh, contention which is a good thing
7: Well I said to you the other day that I And thought... we'll be leading
3: up to that obviously here at 5:30
7: Right. I thought the other day when we talk, we were talking about this, I was saying, hey, look, in game one of this series, Miami has to win this game. They need to blow these guys out. They need to – when you have two star players out in one game, and I know you brought up that Miami also had a star player. Ky- Ky- uh, Lowry. Kyle uh, Lowry. Lowry wasn't playing. Yeah. But, but you had to win that game if you were Miami as they had two of their biggest stars out of the game. And, look, it was interesting, right, because in the first half, Boston has the lead. And Miami comes storming out in the third quarter. Boston only scored two four, run. Right, yeah. 14 points in the third quarter for Boston. Yeah. And Miami wins the game to the point where, frankly, late in the game, it wasn't even worth sitting around to re- to watch the rest of it. So can Miami do it an- again tonight? Can they take a two games to O lead?
3: I yeah, think so. I think they will. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. But, by the way, you now see why Kawhi wanted – originally he wanted Jimmy Butler as his running mate with the Clippers. You now see why, right?
7: Jimmy Butler's a fun guy to watch, not just play. He's just a great personality, I think. And it's hard to believe that at one point during this season, Jimmy Butler is sitting on the bench in a timeout, essentially wanting to fight his coach, Eric Spolstra, to the point where is looking at him yes. going, hey, 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 what, what do you want to fight me? Are you stupid? Like every camera in the world is, is right now focused in on our huddle and you want to fight me? And yet there's a chemistry, or so it seems, about this Miami team which, by the way, George, it's all of these teams, man. It really is. Like, when I look at these teams that are remaining, when I hear that Clay interview from last night, and he talks about strength and numbers. I, I feel like all these remaining teams are great teams. And They're that was connected. my biggest gripe with the yeah. Lakers all year. Bunch of they individuals.
3: Not connected. They were not connected. And it's funny. So, I talked to Steph today. That it'll. It's an interview that's going to air um, for game two tomorrow. And we sat down for a few minutes. And one of the questions I asked him was about just kind of uh, – you know, being back on this stage, right? They had been gone out of the playoffs the last two years. I know they were in the play-in last year, but whatever. That, that's not what – nobody counts that. It's not Technically, that doesn't count as the playoffs. That's the play-in. It's mm-hmm. a separate thing. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, he was just talking about just kind of relishing that, you know, kind of now being the older guy, et cetera, et cetera, with all these young teams coming up, right? The Luka Doncic's of the world, 22 years old or whatever, you know, John Morant, right? Like all these guys and them kind of being the older team now. And the pros and cons to that, but also having to have the patience because to your point about Clay and what he said to me yesterday about having these young guys that they've fortified the roster with kind of get up to speed, you know, in order for them to be able to compete at the highest level because they've also, they're aging, right? These guys were too young. That kind of played a role last year. Now they're kind of all, all these confluence confluences of events are happening at the same time and they're good. You know, like they're, they're championship level good again. And he said it took a lot of patience.
7: And well, I think But let me ask you something. If if you're Golden State and you're Steph and you're now and I'm putting this in quotes, you're now the old guy, right? How old do you think Steph is? Off the top of your head, do you know off how old he is?
3: Steph, if I recall correctly, is in his early thirties, but I don't remember exactly. I if I had to guess we can look it up. We can look it up. I think he's like thirty two, thirty three in that range. Thirty four. 34 34. okay Okay, there you go and
7: then and then clay again i'm just i'm just throwing this out there i don't have the answer but i'll look it up clay is a
3: year or two younger
7: okay and then draymond
3: draymond is around the same age as steph
7: okay so if these guys are 34 and they're now the old guys and they've had a two-year three-year hiatus from even being close to considered championship caliber if they're the old guys then Charles Barkley has been right all year in calling the Lakers the old geezers. Because really, 34 is young compared to 37, 38, which it wasn't just LeBron. It was LeBron and Carmelo and Dwight and so many other guys that are, are so much older than the Warrior guys.
3: Yeah, so I, no, one hundred percent right because Clay and, and and Draymond are thirty two, going on thirty three. Steph is thirty four. But yeah, the Lakers are way older. There's no doubt, um, and it's why what Barkley said, what he said about them, and people were calling them old, and you know they took exception to that. But really, where I wanted to go with this was just because you're right about that, one hundred percent. But what stuck me, what, what what stuck in my head about Steph saying about being patient, mm-hmm. um. It's the one thing. It, LeBron has a lot of amazing attributes. Okay, clearly, like being able to navigate his career from a child. You know, when we when we first kind of saw him jump on the scene, because we didn't know Steph. I mean, we knew Steph because of Dell. Yeah, um, but we come knew on. That, we,
7: like, when he was in college, it's not like he was playing at Duke or. It
3: North wasn't Carolina until or right, It wasn't until that crazy run he had in the in the tournament, right, that we knew who Steph Curry was mm-hmm. at Davidson. Um, And he was insane, obviously in that tournament, but to your LeBron, he's been in the public eye since he was, you know, 14, 15 years old, basically. And, you know, LeBron has a lot of great attributes. He's been able to kind of navigate through that on top of mostly pretty, I, I mean, I would say living up to the hype, right? Like, like, you know, at at worst, he's what, you know, the top three or four player in NBA history. <laughs> so
7: he's more, he's more than lived up to the hype. I mean, when he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a kid in high school and the fact that here he is now going on 38 years old with the titles that he's won yeah, and yeah. You know, all the points so, that he scored. Yeah, he's lived up to the hype.
3: So what I would say, the only attribute that I think that he's lacked, and if you got him in it under truth serum, I think that he would agree with this, is patience. I think that's the one attribute that he has lacked for And what I mean by patience, he's had patience in individual seasons, right? Like when he went to Cle- back to Cleveland, he had to deal with Kyrie and Kevin Love and, you know, mostly Kyrie's shenanigans, right? But even Kevin Love, there were shenanigans there with him too. And having to try to kind of make that thing work um, was not easy but like i feel like long term patience remember when lebron and kuzma were talking about were tweeting about the miami heat and about their development right. and all these undrafted yep. guys and we talked about it at that time and i said i don't know if lebron has the patience to be able to have them develop guys because he's always in win now mode and i think that what you need to do is kind of find the sweet spot for both because if you do you can then extend your longevity even further and what i think what's happened with the warriors is that steph you know through just happenstance it's not something he wanted of course he wanted to keep trying to win titles but the reality is injury struck him clay uh you know and then they had to kind of do a little mini rebuild but that mini rebuild has got them back very quickly in two years that's championship contention no
7: no but that's super important listen we'll hit the break george i know but what you just said about a mini rebuild Let's pick it up because that's super important as it applies to the Lakers, I think.
3: Yeah, I, but okay, we'll talk about it the other because I don't know if the Lakers can actually pull that off. But let me tell you about my friends at Valvaline, uh, Valvaline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15 minute drive through oil change. Look, man, I get it. Everyone's busy. Everyone's got stuff to do, but head to your neighborhood, valvoline Instant Oil Change. For over 30 years, they provided quick services for everybody in their cars. You don't have to drag the kids to the dirty waiting room at valvoline You stay in your car nice and safe. All the experts make sure your rides and peak performance, oil changes, tire rotations, transmission, care, or more. Pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit their website, socaloilchange.com, for locations and game winning coupons. All right, we'll continue this conversation about the differences between Steph and LeBron and the, the way things have unfolded for them in two minutes. That's a jam right there. Yeah, 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 uh. Do you even know that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do? No. Or no? no. I know the whole no. song, like
2: the no. beginning when they're no. going back and forth, fighting with yeah, each other yeah. over the man. Yeah. Me and my friend would always fight over who got to be Monica.
1: Oh. <laughs> wow.
7: Really?
2: Yeah. Like, That's it's, funny. It's...
7: Was being Monica the better of the two?
2: Yeah. I mean, she's like the one who like ends up with the dude in the end. Oh, the right. But Brandy's more famous one. Yeah, yeah, at the right. time though, Monica was probably just as famous, but Brandy ended up being way more famous. Yeah. But you're right, it's she had the... Moesha too, so yeah. But it's a good Great song.
3: Um, by the way, I also too, Christopher, um, think of when I think of Roadhouse, I only think of the Family Guy episode now of oh, Peter no, Griffin roundhouse kicking everyone and then just going Roadhouse.
7: No, not me. I think of the uh, of the scene where at the end. Um, and by the way, please don't say spoiler alert. It's like saying Jinx. Okay because uh, the movie's like thirty years old, but at the end, when his name was Brody, right? When he when he actually had no, to, his
8: name is Dalton.
7: Oh, Dalton, right? Dal- Brody was the other one in uh, Point Break, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dalton, when Dalton at the very end has to beat up the uh, the, the 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 mobster guys, mm-hmm. like number one security guy, and mm-hmm. then he rips his throat right out of him. You know, like mm-hmm. that's a great scene. That mm-hmm. is a great scene. Um. And by the way, George, a a great line from the movie Roadhouse is, um, I like to be nice until it's time to not be nice. It's a good line from Dalton. I'll tell you that right now. You love Dalton.
3: I do. Love Dalton. You, you, You reference that movie a lot. It's pretty funny.
7: I like Roadhouse. It's a good movie. Yeah. Really good movie. Very contemporary as well.
3: I don't know about that, but nonetheless,
2: <laughs> very contemporary, don't yeah. you think, no, Lens?
7: Come on, n- nonetheless, oh, yeah, it definitely holds up. Have you seen Roadhouse?
2: Of course, I've seen Roadhouse. I, mean, I, I love Patrick good. Swayze. I feel like I've seen all of his movies because just because I love Patrick Swayze. Definitely a little bit out of the box for him, but you know.
7: Yeah, but I mean, hey, listen, that town needed Patrick Swayze.
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, there was. By that, the way, was, Cap, Cappy, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't stop me when I used the word pragmatist earlier.
7: I liked pragmatist. That's kind of and the word pragmatic. I actually like, and on rare occasions we'll use. Yeah. I, I'm waiting for you to use a word that you use a lot that you haven't used in a while, which kind of irritates me that you haven't been using it. What's is that? Is absolutist.
3: Right. I like when you say which, which it, would almost be I, I don't know, but it's the complete opposite of pragmatist, but it's fairly opposing. I would say.
7: I mean, I like when you tell everybody because you feel like I got to take a time out here and let everybody know I'm not an absolutist. Just so everybody knows, I know
3: I'm not. I'm not Absolutely. an absolutist. I always give. Uh, I always like to have create room for uh, wiggle room there. You know, like. Um, so speaking of which, I'm not an absolutist. People think I am when it comes to LeBron, though. They always like, oh, you just defend LeBron every time. I don't. I literally just told you he doesn't have patience. <laughs> so, um, and and it's funny because Steph, whether he ha- wanted to or not, had to exude patience. But here's the thing, Cap, because you said the Lakers need to have patience. Yes and no, because they're also now they're still dealing with like the fact that they have LeBron at a more accelerated age so I don't know if you can actually exude the patience necessary to make this work for both parties
7: I'm not so sure that LeBron either a has the patience or b has the time remaining to even consider having any form of patience see correct you brought up something very interesting here today look you called the the Warriors a mini rebuild. That's what you called right. them, right? Yeah. And, and the reason I think that you can say that is because look, Clay is still on this team, even though he missed an awful long time. You mentioned three years. Uh, Steph is still on this team, even though he has had plenty of his own, you know, physical issues along the way. And Draymond is still on this team, and he is kind of the heart and soul and the attitude of this team. So those three guys. As long as you build around them, and Clay talked about it last night in the interview that you did with them, if you build around those three guys, then maybe it's only a mini-rebuild. Do you understand what I'm getting at? Because the Lakers, rather than just saying, these are our three core guys, they had two core guys, but, but, and they changed here's the everybody.
3: Here's the difference. The Warriors had assets. They had draft capital. They drafted guys. I mean, look, the Warriors, even in their mini-rebuild, drafted a guy near the top of the draft in James Wiseman, who's barely played, and they're still fine because they drafted Jordan Poole with, like, the 28th or 29th pick. The Lakers don't have those kind of assets even to replenish the roster. I understand. The way you win in this league now, Cap, okay, is you've got to be able to win in the margins. But the problem is the Lakers don't have the ability to even play in the margins. But the patience word is important because – Here's the thing.
7: Everybody in the Lakers, LeBron to Palenka to Genie to everybody, last year they had no patience, and had they had just a little bit of patience.
3: Last year, sure, yes. Yeah,
7: if they would have had a little bit of patience and they would have said, wait a second, we are in the playoffs. We're playing against Phoenix. We actually have a lead in the series. Then AD gets hurt. That's when it ends. If they looked at that and said, well, Run it why, back. Are we, why are we going to change our whole roster now? Right. Run because it back.
3: Just make small moves. Get rid of Montrezl Harrell, who Vogel didn't like. Figure it out. Yes, I'm with you.
7: So that's my point, is that you brought up this word patience. I liked it. And I'm, I'm jumping on it because it's right. This is why I've been saying that, really, the Lakers might want to just say, screw it. It's AD. It's LeBron. And it is Russ. And we have to be patient because these guys only played 21 games together.
3: They have no choice now at this point. They're stuck.
7: Well, then they're stuck being patient.
3: Right. They're not, be, they're not choosing to be patient. Not that the Warriors were choosing to be patient either. But, you know, there's just they're, they're not equitable situations. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Look, if Anthony Davis can return to being Anthony Davis that we saw two years ago, then the Lakers have a much better chance of being good. If they if he can't and he can't stay healthy, then they don't. It really just boils down to him at this stage. Well, as right. crazy as that sounds,
7: right? Because if you look at it, you got Clay, and you got Steph, and you got Draymond, and you and when all three of those guys are playing, the the Warriors are back to being the Warriors. Now, granted, yes, they've added a lot of pieces around them, and those guys have become really good players. But the core of their championship teams, and by the way, their coach. Who stuck it out through all of the bad years after all of the great years? That's cohesiveness. That's what organizations need. That's how they build team and how they build culture. Not changing the roster every freaking
3: year. Yeah, I agree.
7: Oh, I could keep I... going on and on about this. It makes me so nuts.
3: Yeah, and and, the, and you know, like you're on Cappy. We've taught you basketball. I'm pretty. I'm pretty impressed by you.
7: Well, thank you. You know, it doesn't really require knowing basketball as much as it just requires knowing human psychology of sport which I don't really know much about.
3: You've actually done a decent job talking basketball, Cappy. When you first joined us here, I was worried about you with the little (laughs) basketball talk. i got to be honest. Well, George, that's because back in my old days, when I didn't talk any
7: basketball, I would have to call you to come on my show to talk about basketball. Right. Now I know how much you love it. i got to talk about it with you every day, man. I'm watching stuff. I'm like, who am I? Who who am I today that I'm watching Miami and Boston in game one? Believe Boston. Yeah. Who am I?
2: But, yeah. Cap, you have to admit that the NBA is just, I think it's the best sport because of the drama, like the storylines. Oh, my God, like, so many stories. It's like a soap lines.
1: opera. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I,
7: listen, it's, it's so good. The drama in the NBA is so good that you could be not playing basketball like Patrick Beverly, and you could not be in the NBA anymore like J.J. Redick or um, or Matt Barnes, and you could be beefing on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, And great. even that is just NBA content. That right. is drama filled. So, yeah. the, I, listen,
3: there's that's no other I, sport as great as the NFL is, and it's the gladiator sport. And you know, there's it's scarcity, it's supply side economics, it's scarcity, and people love it because of the violence and the scarcity and all that stuff. And every game matters. But when it comes to year round drama, there's nothing like the NBA.
7: Yeah, but I will just say this: um, this is why today all of this Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher stuff. They, I love it because I I, too, I yeah. love
3: the drama. Right, but college football lends itself to that more than the NFL does more. More so, well, because coaches, is, coaches beefing in college football is is you know that's like an age old tradition.
7: Right, but these guys, I mean, the top of the food chain, these guys publicly going after one another. I'm yeah. all for every second of
3: this college football sensationalism. The gloves are oh, off. Oh yeah, let's I do love it. it. Yeah, I love college football. That's my second favorite sport. Um because of the they, there's tons of drama there because coaches usually beef there too. Like it's I mean remember Lane um uh, not Lane Kiffin, Um um Pete Carroll and uh and Jim, Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh okay. Right. Yeah. What's your deal? What's yeah, your what's deal? Yeah, what's your
7: problem, pal? Yeah.
3: What's your deal? What's your yep. deal? Hey, yeah. Bud, what's a like, problem. Yeah, it's that's the way it works. Like it's great. It's why I love that sport too. But, yeah, the NBA, Cappy, bleep Boston. You know, that's all yeah. I'm saying.
7: F them, bleep them, the whole deal.
3: The whole deal. The right. whole mishpuka. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, hopefully, that that continues. And uh, and with the Lakers, it's going to be an – like, I think, basically, from here to the trade deadline for the Lakers, it's going to be fascinating to see how all this unfolds. Because I, I want to see what this roster looks like um, going into the season and then what the pressure is going to be – on them to perform and if they don't what it's going to be like as far as the trade deadline is
1: concerned
7: yeah it's amazing though when you watch these games and you watch these teams all four of them the two from the east and the west you think to yourself where do the lakers fit into this which is why i think we're having this conversation yeah and and honestly like the lakers are just so much older than these guys at least the core the 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 most important guys and Mm -hmm. that to me does not bode well necessarily
3: yeah, are you all into this PGA Championship there, Cappy?
7: Um, kind of. I, you guys, will, you guys are gonna give me a hard time about this, but the ra- the the fact of the matter is, is like it was on ESPN Plus this morning when Tiger teed off. Yeah, and I've got Disney Plus, but I don't have it bundled with ESPN Plus, so now I don't have ESPN Plus, and I don't want to get ESPN Plus until I bundle it with Disney Plus. Why don't but you just, like?
3: There's like a phone call you can make and make I, all that happen.
7: I just know that I, I know the way I am. I'm gonna get ESPN Plus, and then I'm gonna have Disney Plus separate. And I'm gonna pay twice as much when I don't have to because I'm too lazy to yeah. figure out how to actually bundle it all together. So I didn't get to see too much of Tiger's round, but. Man, it was not good. Four over, and I think a hundred and eighth
3: right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, listen. I, if Tiger's not playing, I had, I didn't watch it because I was busy. But if Tiger's not playing on TV, I'm not watching golf very often. And yeah. you know, but you should because it's on ESPN. Uh, but I don't yeah, need I'm to watch golf. Yeah, yeah, I don't need to watch golf if Tiger's not playing. All right, we got a break. What you need to know in between? We're gonna talk Dodgers with our guy Blake Harris. Normally, we talk to him at five forty-five but because we're ending the show early today because we got to go to the Eastern conference finals at five 30, we'll do a couple quick Dodger questions and converse and a cool conversation with him uh, coming up next. And then we'll have radio Tinder and then we'll throw it to the Eastern conference uh, finals between Miami and bleep Boston. Got it. All right, do cool. We're, we're back in two minutes. What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo casino resort and spa. Good times less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Funchy. What do you got?
8: All right, guys, so here's what you need to know today. Uh, This is from John Hopkins University, and I don't know about you guys, but every time I think of John Hopkins University, I think of this line from Step Brothers. I smoked pot with Johnny Hopkins. (laughs) <laughs> uh, a group of engineer students unveiled a groundbreaking invention called Tasty Tape, uh, an edible adhesive tape to keep all your favorite ingredients tucked inside your burritos and wraps. Uh, now, we all had burritos in our lives that just fell apart after one bite. And I'll start with you, Sedano. Are you yay or nay on Tasty Tape?
3: Um, What are the flavors of the Tasty it, Tape? It, 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 tastes, it tastes like nothing, Solid. basically. It's just like so it tastes edible, just like... An edible ta- tape. Okay, so it just tastes like, it would taste like the same burrito yeah, wrap that I'm yeah, putting it would,
8: Basically, it tastes like, you know, a little tortilla okay. or whatever.
3: Then, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be against it. I'd like to try it first and then see if, uh, if, I, if I feel like it's any different. But I'd give it a shot, sure.
7: Funch, I got a couple of questions for you because I haven't heard about this tasty tape. Um, is this something you wrap the entire burrito in or do you like no, wrap the ends of the burrito? It's or just what do you the do?
8: end of the burrito. You know, that little part where it falls out or whatever. Just, yeah. You just put a little piece of tape like a scotch, you know, like you that's would scotch great tape idea. or something.
3: Great idea. All right, well, You know what? Let's ask uh, Blake Harris, our uh, Dodger insider, because that's why we bring him on to ask him ridiculous questions and eventually talk about the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake, would you like would you put edible tape on your burrito um, to hold your burrito in place so it doesn't fall apart?
0: That's not an awful idea. I mean, I, I think I would. I'm all open to trying new things. So uh, sign me up. Count me, uh, count me in for this wild adventure.
7: Yeah, I mean, haven't you guys ever had sushi that's without rice and it's wrapped in some kind of a paper? I'm like, I, yeah. I don't know what it is, but I'll eat it because there's no rice. It's good. I like it.
3: <laughs> so, Fair enough. Yeah. Um, now, now, Blake, uh, before we get into uh, what, a, what a difference a week makes with the Dodgers from the last time when we spoke to you, I'm more interested on this Juan Soto rumor. Uh, Because it looks like Juan Soto, who's arguably the best player in the sport right now, could be on the trade market. And I know you wrote about this in your Substack. And tell people what you think about the Juan Soto situation and a potential link to the Dodgers. And,
0: of course, let them know where they can find it. Yeah, so I wrote about that today on my Substack. You can find that at uh, BlakeHarris.substack.com. But there was an article yesterday in ESPN about Juan Soto and the Nationals potentially being willing to trade him as soon as this summer I mean, this is arguably one of the best hitters in all of baseball, and he's not going to be a free agent until the 2024 season's up. And the Nationals have pretty much already said, "Listen, we're not going to be able to afford this guy. And if you're not going to be able to afford him, well, you might as well start listening to trade offers." And you know, hear what teams have to say, "Now, again, this was I think um, some executive from another team that said they should trade." So I'm not how much you know how much truth there is to the rumor. Apparently, uh, the agent today, Scott Boris, came out and said, oh, we're not going to trade him. But last I checked, uh, the agent isn't the one that's uh, making the trades for the team. So if the Nationals, you know, do open sale in regards to Juan Soto, the Dodgers definitely would make a lot of sense. Juan Soto, he's played left field in the past. He could slide right into left field because I don't think the Mookie Betts is going to get over, over right field. And the Dodgers have a plethora of prospects that the Nationals could potentially want. We saw them even last year make a deal for trade Turner, Max Scherzer. So the two sides have already negotiated deals in the past. Again, I'm not certain, you know, how willing the Nationals would be, but you definitely would have to think they'd be willing to consider, again, if you're going to lose him for nothing in a year or two, you might as well try to get a plethora of prospects in return. And again, the Dodgers, in position to be able to trade for him, I think they can open up the checkbooks and uh, give him $400 million or however much he's uh, going to want when he's a free agent in a couple of years.
7: Balake, the use of plethora twice in the same answer is really high-level work, man. Nice job. You mentioned Trey hey, Turner.
0: That's my Arizona State degree right there. <laughs>
7: nice work. Walter Cronkite School, I'm sure. Um, hey, you mentioned Trey Turner. Have me thinking. Last year when when they traded, when the Dodgers traded for Trey Turner, most of us were putting two and two together and saying, well, he'll eventually be the shortstop. They'll let Corey Seager go. You think now, watching what you've seen out of Trey Turner in 37 games in so far this season, do you think they've upgraded the position with Trey Turner?
0: You know, it's a tough one because, you know, Corey Seager is you know one of the top shortstops in all of baseball, but you're getting one in Trey Turner that was an MVP candidate last season, I think finished top three or four in MVP voting. Defensively, he hasn't been quite on par this season. So defensively, I don't know if he's been much of an upgrade over Seager, but Trey Turner, I mean, his ability to reach base, to steal bases, to hit for power, to hit for contact. I, I do think, you know, well, all around, I think he's a much better shortstop than Corey Seager is. Um, again, when healthy, I do think he's a top two or top three option. He's gone off to a slow start this season, but the crazy thing is, you know, you see a bunch of these guys, you know, we talked about Mookie Betts a couple weeks ago. Uh, these guys that we come to expect to be like MVP caliber players, even by their standards of slow season, he's still much above league average. He's still going to be, you know, in consideration to be in the all game this year. So, he really gave the Dodgers a taste of what he can do last year when he was with them for two months. I think he was sitting like 370. Hasn't quite been up to standards yet so far this year, but I, I still think again this is a, easily the top two, top three shortstop in all of baseball when he's going.
3: Blake, last one for me, and you know they've got a five-game winning streak going on right now. And look, I get they just swept the Diamondbacks. Who look, they're 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 a nice young team, but we know they're not a very good team. Outside of it just being that, what are things that you've seen more recently in this streak that have encouraged you?
0: Yeah, I mean, they had that weird four-game losing streak last week, and it was nearly a five-game losing streak. And the reason they were losing those games wasn't because of the offense. I mean, they were scoring seven, eight, nine runs a game. It was their pitching that was the reason they were losing, which made no sense because through the first month and a half, they had, you know, the best thirty-five game start to the season in more than forty years by any pitching staff. And during that losing streak, the starters, the bullpen, they completely fell apart. So yeah, I'm not going to say it's a coincidence that all of a sudden the pitching's been fantastic while they're winning, but I do think that's playing a factor. So I think it was just four to five games of just everything just collapsing at once. But the Dodgers' pitching, you know, we've talked about this in previous shows, bullpen wise, starter wise, they're some of the best in baseball. So. The offense, they're going to score five to seven runs on a day-to-day basis. The only way the Dodgers lose is if they allow more than three or four runs, and that's what happened last week. So as long as the pitching's going solid, I, I think this Dodgers winning streak, especially now um, going to Philadelphia, going to Washington, I think this winning streak could potentially reach double digits.
1: All right. Hey,
7: Blake, I'll make this one quick. we got to hustle up. Um, Walker Bueller this week, though, says, I'm not right. What do you make of that situation?
0: Yeah, he, he hasn't looked like the Walker Buehler of old. Um, his strikeout numbers are down you know, significantly. He's not getting swings and misses. His velocity's down a bit. Um, I don't think there's been any sort of nagging injury that he's mentioned uh, to start the season. So I, I know, again, a, a very short spring training. We're now at the middle of May, so I'm not exactly certain if you could still use that as an excuse. But again, like, like some of these guys we mentioned earlier, the fact that Walker Buehler is out here saying he's not right, his stuff is clearly not there. Last I checked, I think he's like 5-1 and one with a 2.9 ERA. So if Walker Buehler is not feeling his best and he's still putting up numbers like that, uh, I'll take it. But, yeah, his numbers have been a little down, a little bit concerning. But like I said, that, that might just be for the short spring training. He may not be fully ramped up. And I think he'll be good to go in a couple of months. But, yeah, I, I definitely a little interesting hearing him say that. Uh, I think it was the other day following the start. But I'm not too concerned uh, as of this point. We'll, we'll see how he looks a few more starts from
3: now. Blake Harris is our Dodger insider, joins us every week, normally at 545 on Thursday, but because we've got a short show today because of the Eastern Conference Finals, he's joining us at 5 o'clock here. Blake, where do people find your work? Tell the people.
0: You guys can find me on Twitter at BlakeHarrisTBLA, and you guys can also find all my articles, including my nice in depth one today on dot BlakeHarris.substack.com.
3: Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, as always.
0: Have a good time, guys. Have a great weekend. Wait, wait. Actually,
3: wait, wait. Blake, don't go anywhere. Are you still there? Still here, yeah. Hey, Cappy, you have you subscribed to his Substack or no?
7: Have not. But what I was going to say is why not? His, um, I don't know. I haven't really used Substack very much, if I'm being honest.
3: I mean, well, what are you waiting for?
7: I don't know. Do I have to subscribe? Do I have to pay for it? Tell me.
3: Yeah, you got to pay for it. I paid how, for it. You should pay for it. How much? Yeah, it depends. If you want to do like a monthly, you want to do like a yearly, what kind of subscription you want to do?
7: I don't know. Hey, Blake, if I pay you directly, can you just give no, me no. like a password? for, for, <laughs> for uh, Oh, my subscribe? gosh, <laughs>
2: Cap. What are
0: you? What, what's wrong hey, with you? Hey, well, I mean, I wanted to hey, make the maximum Cap. amount of money. I, I will say this, Cap. It is kind of difficult. Some people have had difficulty trying to figure out how to subscribe. So, yeah, if you want to shoot some Venmo my way, I'll, I'll hook you up with a, a, nice, uh, <laughs> your Venmo. a nice yearly subscription. <laughs> Drop the
2: Venmo. Drop the Venmo, Blake. What is it? <laughs>
0: That's a good question. It's got uh, Venmo <laughs> at Blake H. Harris. Hit me up. I'll, yeah. I'll be you. See you later uh, tonight getting you. I'll get you the, my Venmo I'll get you the exclusive stuff. <laughs>
3: uh, there you go. All right, Blake. Thank you, buddy. <laughs>
7: but it's funny. I was going to say, George, doesn't it sound cool on AM radio when you hear Substack.com and such new modern ways of, of communicating through media? On old school AM radio. That's awesome. Way to go. I, pay, I
2: pay for it.
3: I gave you know he, his yearly subscription is 50 bucks okay. and I did it.
2: Okay.
7: I'm going to do that too.
2: I bought it too. support our guy. Balaki. Yeah.
7: yeah. Nice. I'm going to do it also. Yeah. Man. He got I'm just a he, classic he, procrastinator.
3: You are a classic procrastinator. Yeah. His stuff is very good. I mean, I've always told you it's great. It's why we have him on. Yep. Um, And you know, if you, if you want to, you want to support his work, you should.
7: I do in many ways. Well,
3: I do. You know, you know, I mean, you can Venmo them, I guess.
7: Well, that's just it. Like, if you ever had a massage at a resort and the massage therapist only gets like 50% versus if the therapist comes to your house, he or she gets 100%, I yeah. want blockade to get 100%. Right.
3: Well, no, he gets 100% of the Substack.
7: Oh, he does? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'll just pay for it on Substack then.
3: Yeah. You'll have to just figure it out. Right. That could take a year.
7: No, I could do it. I could do this. <laughs> This I could do, George. I feel very confident.
2: <laughs> oh, you or know Agent what else? Venmo, i um, cap. Blake yeah, Harris. Could...
3: yeah. Yeah. There you go. But I know what else you can do is you can help uh, the dads out there. Right. You've, you've been a very you've been a big advocate of the advocates. That is
7: so true. And I want to say to all the guys out there, fellas, look, um, when I got married in 1999 and I said till death do us part and I said I do, I was ready to make a lifetime commitment at that day and um you know what happened is 16 years later people's um, lives change their chemistry changes and then the relationship changes and before you know it you're like me you're a statistic you're part of the 50% that can stay married and part of the 50% that don't stay married and believe me when I tell you guys um I didn't want to get divorced I mean I was I had financial fear I had like you know what are people gonna think about me I was worried about my kids um, I know you feel the same way I felt that way as well Life gets better. But in the meantime, if you have family law matters, you must have the right attorneys. All I want you to do is go to the website thedadvocates.com, advocates for dads, thedadvocates dot com. These are the lawyers that specialize in men's rights. So fellas, you got family law issues, you got the dadvocates. The dadvocates.com. We're coming right back with Radio Tinder.
2: Yeah. I want to jam out to this song though.
3: Great show. Okay. All
7: right. Hang, I'm wait. jamming. I'm snapping my, away. My computer. Oh, I didn't know crashed. who was snapping. That's I me. I'm snapping. Would... Yeah. feeling yeah. pretty snappy. Okay. Right now.
2: Oh, no. Mm. My computer just crashing.
3: Oh,
7: my goodness.
3: Oh, that really doesn't help this oh, segment.
2: That hurts you know. Radio
7: Tinder in a big way.
2: Okay. I got it. I got it. Okay. Oh, Here we did. go. Okay. All right. So, Tom Brady, talking about your uh, BFF again, Cappy. Mm-hmm. He may be in the on-deck circle, but Greg Olson is going to be calling the Super Bowl next February. Olson and Fox Sports have a deal in place that will make him Kevin Burkhart's partner on the Super Bowl on February twelfth, twenty 2023 in Glendale. Burkhart and Olson are replacing Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, of course, who left for ESPN earlier in this crazy NFL TV off season <laughs> last year, Burkhart and Olsen received nice reviews in Olsen's rookie season. And now they're going to move up to be Fox's number one spot on its bigular, biggest regular season and postseason games. Do you guys think that the Burkhart Olsen duo is ready to call the big game swipe left or swipe right Sedano?
3: Uh, I will swipe right. Uh, I think Kevin Burkhart is an incredible broadcaster. Um, he does fantastic work, whether he's calling the game, whether he's in studio, Uh, His story is phenomenal. If you haven't uh, read up on it, he was literally selling cars uh, not that long ago and still was able to chase his dream. Uh, It's just a really cool read. If you find it, Google it. It's pretty cool. And I'm a big fan of Greg Olson. I think Greg Olson is really good. I think Greg Olson obviously will continue to get better. He's very young at this, uh, but he's a really sharp, smart football dude for sure. So I think they'll be they'll do great. Yeah.
7: I am, I'm inclined to swipe right because I'm rooting for these guys. I think I'm going to swipe left, though, because here's the thing. I'm with you, George. I'm a huge Kevin Burkhardt fan. He's one of the sweetest guys in the industry. I love him. And that story that you're talking about, that is a very interesting story that not long ago, this dude's selling cars. Now he's going to call the Super Bowl. As for Greg Olson, he actually has received great reviews for his work. But man, the Super Bowl—you—you you generally want like major, major star power. And Olson may be a great broadcaster, but he doesn't have star power name. So I—I I wonder, I wonder how that will go.
2: I was thinking, like talking about with Funch, like well, they have no other option, literally. No.
7: Well, I mean, listen, I thought at one point they were thinking about—I don't know—they thought maybe that's why Drew Brees was leaving NBC. Maybe he was. Planning on going to Fox and banding? Yeah, but Drew
3: Brees isn't, and Greg Olson is better than Drew Brees. Oh, way better, way,
7: way better. I mean, Drew did not, Drew did not prove this year to to be one year out of football and be really good the way Tony Romo immediately jumped in and did. You know, and I think a lot of people were at NBC were disappointed, but but Brees had this thing in his contract, George, where if he wasn't calling Sunday Night Football by this year, he was free to go.
3: Right. So and he did. He exercised that. Yep.
2: I thought, Cap, that you were going to say. I was wondering if maybe they're going to give me a call.
7: No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't see myself
3: in the booth.
2: I mean, yeah. like at, at any, you know, they, they got because now they got to move everybody up, right? They got to move two two teams up. Cappy,
3: you, you don't think you could do like ESPN Radio, like uh, as like the analyst? You oh, I think I, Oh, oh, one hundred
7: percent, I could do it. But you know, I've done sidelines for so long, and I love being down on the field. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like I – listen, I did play-by-play of NFL Europe when they sent me over there. The NFL Network said, hey, let's get you to do play-by-play. I don't know why I never really pursued play-by-play, but I'll tell you this, George. You oh. pursuing play-by-play is the smartest yeah. thing you could be doing right now because I'm telling you right now, you could make Joe Buck money in less than
3: three years. No, that's not true. Uh, number, uh, But I will tell you this. You will enjoy this. I had dinner, speaking of play-by-play people, uh, our group, uh, the ESPN Radio group, had dinner with the Turner group yesterday. So I had dinner and a really fun, nice, long conversation with one of the nicest people in this industry, your pal, Kevin Harlan.
7: Love Kevin Harlan. Yeah. Love Kevin Harlan. Right
3: between the eyes.
7: Kevin Harlan has been such an influence in my life, in my real life, and in my broadcasting life. I absolutely adore that man.
3: Yeah. That's funny because your name never came up.
1: No regard for human life.
7: Now, when you say my name never came up, <laughs> did you not ever say to him, hey, Kev, you know that me and Kaplan work together now?
3: Yeah, that probably didn't happen. Yeah. Why would you now not that I think back that? It.
7: Why would I mean, you not we, said that?
3: Well, I mean, you know, I forgot. We were talking about well, we other we haven't stuff. had him on Man. the
7: show. We've not had him on the show since we're working together. And I've thought about bringing him on. And... <laughs> And what it tells you, George, is that he yeah. doesn't know that you and I are working together. He
3: probably doesn't. And he did ask me about radio, and your name still didn't
1: come up. Oh, well, yeah, Man, but, wait, but George, yeah, you're you
7: laughing. Wait started. a second. Wait a second. You're laughing, but who's, <laughs> who should be saying this? What is so funny? I don't get it. Like, you should be saying to him, Kevin, I, I know that you've worked on Monday second, Night Football for wasn't... years and years with Scott I, Kaplan, I and you're, you're saying, that's fine. But
3: I for forgot. you to say that my name didn't come up, that's your fault. It is my fault.
2: Drop his name, Sedano. Rude,
3: rude, Sedano. Drop no, my name. I, I, It's my fault. I I let you
2: down, Cappy. You did That's in a I'm huge
3: saying. way. Got him. So you know you what? Now. When I see him tomorrow, I'll be like, "Hey, I forgot to tell you." You know now, who I'm working with on radio. That just sounds
2: forced,
7: then. Cappy. I'm gonna text him right now and say to him, "Hey, make sure you tell George how rude he is." <laughs> He's not gonna say that. He loves me now. Now he loves you.
1: Yeah.
7: You know, if we call was- him that. If you would have told him I, you and me were partners, I'd tell you this right now. You know what he would He, have said? he might more. love you less. He would, have, he would have said this to you. If you and Scott Kaplan are partners, you are now family to me.
3: Yeah. Um, well, we had a great time yesterday. Uh, you know, it's the first time I've actually got a chance to actually hang out with him because I never, you know, like even if I've been at a game he's doing, like I've been busy doing other things. So it's it was the first time we got a chance to break bread. And he is as nice a human being as ever. And look, I mean this is not I mean, you know this because we talked about this. When they were deciding at Turner, who was going to replace Marv Albert, you, you know, I, you, you, and I were both very vocal that it should be Kevin Harlan. And I was saying that, not just being disrespectful to Brian Anderson, who was the other guy they considered. Um, but I felt like Brian Anderson is more, to me, he's more Major League Baseball than he is the NBA. Whereas Kevin Harlan, as Funchy was playing, to me is interwoven into the fabric of the NBA. Right
7: the Did you work with PJ Carlissimo last night? I did. Yes. So when when Kevin and I go to Seattle to do Seahawks games, we generally go have dinner at P.J. Carlissimo's house. Now, if you tell P.J. Carlissimo and you tell Kevin Harlan that you and I are radio partners. Yeah. When I tell you immediately, they say to you, bring it in. Bring it in. You are now familiar.
3: P.J. and I are like family already, though, like that. I just want you to know that. yeah. Yeah. So, but I I I feel like uh, I let you down, Cappy. So I wanted to bring it I wanted to fess up to you, is what I'm saying.
7: My goodness, George, I'm so disappointed. My gosh, man. Yeah, it's okay.
3: I'll make up for for it. I had no regard for for human life. In this case, the life in in this case, no regard for human life meant your life.
7: Dude, I mean, where is the love for your brother, my brother?
3: So now I see him tomorrow. I'll be like, hey, you know what? You know who says hello, Cappy. And he'll be like, "What?" But he doesn't know you as Cappy, though, right?
7: No. But if you say to if you say to Kevin Harlan, you know, my partner on the radio in L.A. is Scott Kaplan, he's going to say he's going to go crazy. He's going to love that. He's
3: going to say, "Right between the eyes." Right between the
7: eyes. Great, one of my all-time favorites. Let me tell you, man.
3: Okay. Well, we had a good Italian meal last night, so there I you bet. go. I mean, yeah.
7: Kevin can put it down too, man. He can eat.
3: Yeah, it was. Did fun. you notice that? Uh, there was a lot of food. We all had a lot
7: of food. Yeah. I guess. He likes to order a lot.
3: Yeah. Uh, all right, Lindsay, sorry. I didn't mean to drag you through this, but it's I felt okay. like that would be a funny conversation.
2: That's okay. I got you guys. All right. Well, one more then. Carbon Electra is now offering her fans a peek into her world.
3: Oh. The... When you said a peek, I was thinking of something else for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Well,
2: well, the, well, here, here's where this is going. The yeah. former model recently joined the subscription-based platform OnlyFans. And she's opening up about her decision to dip into the content-creating space where basically anything goes. She told People Magazine, quote, I, for once, have this opportunity to be my own boss and have my own creative vision to share with my fans without somebody standing over me telling me, don't do this, don't do that, cover up this. So starting OnlyFans was a no-brainer for me. Uh, Her online persona will apparently uh, be a little bit more intimate, with fans when it goes, she's going to go live on Wednesdays. And then she also told People Magazine that uh, customers that are interested in paying can get more sexy, classy pictures and videos. Mm. Is there any celebrity crush that you guys would just pay the 10 or $15, whatever it is, to see on OnlyFans? Swipe left no, or swipe right, Cappy? No, hell no.
3: Go ahead, Cappy.
7: Dude, I don't even, listen, I have never gone to OnlyFans. I mean, I probably have a better chance of figuring out how to pay Blake on Substack than I do of figuring out how to find Carmen on on OnlyFans. I got, I got no OnlyFans information of any kind.
2: just go to OnlyFans.com. That's yeah. all it is. But I've do never search.
7: done that. Like, like I just haven't been motivated to do that. Okay. Now, if Jennifer you know Aniston, Honestly, maybe. Honestly, if I, I if
3: I want to look at scantily clad women, um, you know, be- besides my wife, I'll just go on the Internet. There's plenty of places for that.
2: Yeah, but this the whole point is like connecting with these specific people. I have an OnlyFans. And it's like, you know, you have it because you you can like talk and chat. It's not just like everyone thinks it's like, oh, it's just for X rated and porn and whatever. No, no, I'm not saying
3: it's just people X-rated,
2: will but, go on there and have conversations but, and make custom videos, they'll FaceTime their the people. What that am I follow gonna get them. if I
7: if I go on OnlyFans and I go to Lindsay Baseball's page and I pay money, what do I get?
2: Um, I have I post pictures all the time, but I think more it's a lot of it is more like interacting with me, and I like sit there and like chat all night with my my followers on there. You're kidding me. You, you do this? Yeah.
7: I'm not paying good for you. That. Nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm good. Well,
2: you'd probably do it for somebody that you're like like you said, Jennifer Aniston. You'd do it for her. Maybe. To have not a chance for you, to to chat with her, you totally would.
7: No, nah, I don't know, but I don't know. You you got to sell me on something, Lindsay. You got to tell me why I should spend this money on the Lindsay OnlyFan thing.
2: Well, let's just say you can see a lot more of me.
7: Whoa. But
2: I work for mm. Disney,
7: so not too much. Whoa. Hey, now. Wow. I'm going to tell my son about this.
2: Okay. He thought he he weird not. because. Cappy, you,
3: you should start an OnlyFans.
2: Yeah, you should, Cap.
3: Really? Can I do that?
2: Yeah, people let's have dis- it for like cooking and yoga, yeah. all kinds yeah, of stuff. Yeah, let's
7: discuss
3: this further tomorrow because we got to right. go. All right. All right. Uh, excellent work, Cappy.
7: Yeah, nice job, everybody.
3: Uh, great job, uh, Lindsay and Funchy. And uh, coming up next is game two of the Eastern Conference Finals. And what do we have to say before we go, Cappy? We say bleep Boston around here this week. Yep, pretty much. That's the deal. All right, enjoy the game. We'll talk to you mañana. See ya.